Welcome everyone to the Q for Two, your podcast companion for learning all about your favorite theme park attractions. Whether listening at home or while waiting in the queue, we'll fill you in on all the information you need to get the most out of your ride experience. I'm your host, Matthew, and joining me as always is my wet and wild, log flume loving, rapid for rapids co-host, Ryan. Today, we're talking all about the water attractions at Six Flags over Georgia. That was quite the introduction. (laughs) I had so many to choose from and I couldn't pick my favorite. Ryan, how are you today? Uh, apparently I'm, uh, moist from your description. (laughs) You have to be careful. You know, people don't like that word. I'm not going to lie. My, uh, my hand is very moist. It's been sitting on the mouse for too long and getting warm. So your description is right on the money, Matthew, but I am doing well. I am excited to be back here in the recording booth and talking about some more fun theme park stuff from none other than Six Flags Over Georgia. Heck yeah. So let's get started. Where do I want to start? The water rides at Six Flags are so much. Before we dive in, though, I just I've got to know what is your general take on water rides at theme parks? You know, do they need to have them? Are they better for separate parks? What do you think? So it's a great question. And I know water rides at non water parks can be very divisive. For me personally, I think as long as you don't have too many, then it's fine. Because especially if you're going to be going to the theme park during the summer, sometimes it is nice to have a water ride if you're not going to, you know, get completely drenched. Just having a light misting kind of cool you off in the middle of the day. It can be nice, but you do have to strategize because, you know, you don't want to be wet for the whole day. And it can present a challenge when trying to figure out how to do everything in a theme park. For sure. I think you and I are definitely on a lot of the same page when it comes to water rides. And people might be asking, like, why did y'all cover water rides then? And neither of y'all are like super big fans. I think for me, it's also my wife absolutely loves water rides. She would go on them every time and tries to get us to go on every time. So when we are season pass holders to say a Six Flags or a Bush Gardens, we definitely have to ride them, you know, at least once or twice a season. And I just have to accept it. Um, again, always have a great time. But for me, I can't deal with the wet socks. That is the worst part. I can deal with my shirt being wet. I can deal with my shorts or pants being wet. The socks for me is a no-go every time. <laughs> so I'm right there with you on the socks. And I'll be interested when we get to the tips section of this podcast. I definitely have a tip. I'm wondering what your tip is and if ours are (laughs) the same, because I have a really ridiculous tip for that that I'm excited to share with the people. Heck yeah. Well, let's get started. So like I said, water rides specifically at Six Flags Over Georgia. Now, anyone that's been to the park might be familiar that there is a separate water park called Whitewater. I'm not going to cover it in this episode, but I do know that I've had some very fun trips here growing up, I did want to ask, I don't think you and I ever got a chance to go when we were season pass holders. We never went together, did we? As a matter of fact, we did. And it was on the trip that we went for your birthday. That's right. Oh my goodness. Okay. Again, poor memory, but I'm (laughs) glad that you remember. Well, because I I remember (laughs) um, we had all stayed in Atlanta for the night. And so we did a day at the park and then also went and did a day at the water park. And when I went with you, that was actually my first time going to Six Flags Whitewater. Since then, I've been again, because I will go ahead and let the people know, if you buy a season pass to Six Flags, it does include Whitewater. And so it's good if you plan some time out there during the summer, because it is a 
it's a fun time. It's a good water park. Yes, it is. I'll say. And I, I remember that trip, which was so weird to me. I remember spending the night. I remember doing all that. But I don't know why my brain just cut out the whitewater part. I guess all my different trips with different, you know, church groups and different groups growing up are sort of blended together. But again, not really going to cover it. But I did want to say one thing I learned while I was doing a little bit of research. The park opened in 1984 as a separate park, which was called Whitewater Atlanta. It didn't join Six Flags until 1999, and then officially it's now been branding as Six Flag Whitewater. So I did think that was interesting. Again, ever since you know we've been coherent, it's been Six Flags Whitewater. But it is funny to me because for some reason, my brain just is always associated, and I didn't even think about the fact that it was a whole separate water park before Six Flags sort of bought them out. That is interesting. I don't think I had never connected that piece either. I do just have to share really quick before we move on from Six Flags Whitewater. Don't take the water slides lightly if you go there. The last time I went, I'm a big dude and I picked up a bit too much velocity. I went airborne to a degree I wasn't comfortable with on one of the slides and it was not one you were meant to go airborne on. So just word of warning. (laughs) And that goes for all slide rides. But again, not really much you have to worry about at Six Flags specifically. Now that we are getting into the park, we go to the back of the park. There's a little section called Hurricane Harbor which is made up of Bonsai Pipelines, which is a slide ride, Calypso Bay Wave Pool, which is a wave pool, Paradise Island, a playground for the kids, and Tsunami Surge, which is a toilet-style tube ride. Now, I wanted to ask, I'm not going to go into this because I've never been into this section of the park. This is something that still feels like a new section of the park to me. And when I was doing research, just you know, covering everything, this section has been open since May 2014. It's going on 10 years at this location. And for some reason, my brain just thinks that it came out like three years ago. (laughs) So it's just like never been to that section of the park. And it's crazy that it's been there that long. I will chime in a nice little foreshadowing for our next and final episode of the season. It's funny because I actually just learned that as well because that is also the year that Holidays in the Park started back at Six Flags. So it was a really big year for Six Flags because they opened Hurricane Harbor and started back with Holidays in the Park. But I agree, I've never been back there. I've like looked through the gate at Hurricane Harbor before. And this last time I had a season pass in 2022, we even planned to go to Hurricane Harbor. And of course, the day that we planned to go, it was closed. So (laughs) I have never been back there. Good. I'm glad I'm not alone. And so if you have been back there, feel free to leave us comments and tell us that we missed out because I don't know when I'll get a chance to go again. And I don't know if Hurricane Harbor's on the top of my list to hit while I'm there. (laughs) All right. So I've told you a lot about what we're not covering this episode. So now let's get into the two rides that we are going to cover. The first being the Log Jamboree. The Log Jamboree is a classic log flume ride with a height of 26 feet and a length of 1,280 feet. This ride was opened in 1968, which is actually the second year of the park's operation, and it was manufactured by Aerodynamics. Now, Ryan, does that sound familiar? Oh, we've been talking about Aerodynamics, my friend. (laughs) Oh, yes, we have. I did not know that they made log flumes, though, so that's interesting. Exactly. So, Looking at the history of it, if that sounds familiar for our listeners, it's actually the same manufacturer that I talked about a couple weeks ago in the Dalanega Mine Train episode. And it's funny when I looked over that because, again, I missed that whole section of their repertoire because I was really just looking at coasters. If you go to a separate section of you know their websites and stuff, 
you could see that they had made a set of log rides, <laughs> including this one at Six Flags Over Georgia. So they must have just had an amazing relationship with them when that park opened. They they made so many of their like opening day stuff. And so it's really interesting to see that you went from roller coaster to log flume ride. Because I would just assume that would be separate companies. That's funny that they lump all of that under their under their repertoire. Oh, yeah. Now, the other interesting thing about when it was first installed, like I said, 1968, they had a log jamboree flume, a ride, in 1967 when they opened. It was named also Log Jamboree. So it was Log Jamboree 1 and Log Jamboree 2. <laughs> so this is technically Log Jamboree 2 that is still running today. Huh. All right. <laughs> Did not know that. So when I was looking into it, the Flume 1, it was open, like I said, from the start 1967 to 1990, at which point it was replaced by another water ride called Raging Rivers. And that ran from 91 to 98. Then that ride was replaced with none other than the Georgia Scorcher, which is still up and running as we've talked about earlier in the season. Indeed. So yeah, completely missed that there was two log rides. Couldn't really find a lot of history on them or what the difference was between the two. It kind of made it seem like, I guess maybe the wait was too long and the rides were so popular early in the park. They just made two log flume rides and that's what happened. <laughs> Interesting. I can see how having two log flume rides on opening day might be appealing, though, just because I feel like Six Flags is definitely a park that people tend to go to more in the summer. And so I can understand how that would be a draw, because that's also, you know, when you think of log flumes, you kind of think more family rides. And so Six Flags was pushing coasters, having some water rides that are more family oriented. That makes sense. I can see it. For sure. And that actually is a point that I you know, was going to bring up in a second, just in the sense that if you do have kids, this ride is a lot of fun to ride with kids of you know varying ages. All you have to do is be taller than 36 inches to ride with an adult. So it's really good. You know, that's only three foot and you've got a lot of kids that are that height. So it's one of those. It's a really good family ride that you can ride with your kids over and over again especially if you've got them in a bathing suit and you're about to go hit Hurricane Harbor. Get a couple rides in on this one for sure. All right, let's jump into my favorite part with our first ride description of the day. Summer days can be hot, and the coolest way to get around town is on a flume. Jump in on a log-shaped raft and speed glide down a river instead of on a track. Log Jamboree has been racing down this Georgia mountainside since 1968. As you speed down a swiftly moving mountain river on a hand-carved log racer, you'll see why it's best not to mess with the classics. You're so high up, for much of this float, you'll be riding right along the massive Georgia Scorcher. As your timeless ride meets that futuristic masterpiece, something must really be rubbing off because suddenly your log boat is hustling down the watery channel. Bendy curves bring on rapids as you wind through the trees in a super fun serpentine. Now don't get too comfy on the smooth coast down the river with the wind and water racing past. There, you are gliding along the water through nature. All is peaceful and scenic, but once you make it to the end, you are whisked over the edge of an unpredictable waterfall, plunging down a steep nosedive. Swoop down over the falls and land with a massive splash and a wet conclusion that will take your breath away. Cooled down and revved up, you're ready for action. Look, it just makes sense that you have the water ride next to the Scorcher. Because if you have all these ride vehicles coming through scorching and being ablaze, you gotta have some water to put them out. So, 
classic. Makes <laughs> sense. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you called that out. That's one of my favorite parts. It's a fun ride description. It's not really saying much, but I do like that it ties in the other rides that are in that section of the park. Calling out that it's next to the Georgia Scorcher and having it mean something to the ride. Obviously, it's not adding much from a theming perspective, but just the fact that they mentioned it gives you like a good you know, sense of where it's at in the park and just gives it a little bit more spice to it, I guess. I'll be honest. I didn't remember writing this before the 2022 season. I think we probably did. I just didn't remember. And um, I had a little bit of a hard time finding where the queue started. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a tricky one. Uh, It's one of those, if anybody's wondering, it is located in the Georgia section of the theme park. And it's going from where the Georgia Scorcher is toward Goliath and Daredevil Dive. And it's sort of tucked away in there. I don't know if you and I wrote it in the season that we did. I know from my memories, I feel like a lot of times it's been closed for like large sections of time. I don't know whether it's just not as popular, whether it was having some issues, but I feel like during our season that we went, I feel like a lot of the times it might have been on top of obviously we were driving three hours to get there when we were going. And some days we definitely did not feel like getting wet and then going back to the car and (laughs) driving back to wherever we were at at the time. Right. And I know for sure that we rode the other ride that we're going to talk about later in the podcast because I remember riding that ride with you and I have not ridden the other one since because it was closed the whole time I was there for the 2022 season. (laughs) But yeah, I'm not sure if we rode this one or not because I didn't have any memory of it before, but I've at least ridden it once now. So there's that. Gotcha. And honestly, And this brings me to my next point. If you've never ridden this ride, again, if you've ridden a log ride at any sort of theme park, this is very similar to that. The log itself is a like a little car that holds three to four people, depending on the size of the person. And you're basically sitting in a line between each other's legs. So if that doesn't make sense, then I would say just look it up because it's exactly what it sounds like. And with that being said, you have to be comfortable with the party you're going with because you get nice up and personal. I really hope there's listeners like me that just heard your spiel and just heard the log is a car because I just imagine pulling up in front of somebody's house in your log and being like, hey, check out my (laughs) sweet car. I never know how I guess a ride vehicle is the word I'm looking for. But yes, that would be funny. Um, And then again, these ride vehicles don't have any safety bars or anything along those lines. So at the end of the day, it's not that big of a drop, but if you are scared, if you're a little scaredy cat, feel free to hold on to the edge of the uh, log as you're going down that final drop. Now, there's not really a lot of history, a little facts about this ride. It's sort of just tucked in there. Like I said, it's been there from the beginning, and I don't really have any specific stories. I know I remember riding it growing up throughout the years, but nothing specifically sticking with me. It's not anything that's like, This is the log ride of all log rides. Again, if you've ridden a log ride before, this is very similar up there. I've had some fun. There's other ones that I have in my memory of some other the newer parks that have more of a theme. And those are the ones I usually prefer. This one doesn't really have much, but it's still a good fun ride. Like I said, good for the family. And overall, if it's hot, go for it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, despite not really having a lot of theming around it, it was fun. The one big drop, it's a good enough drop that like it's worth a little wait to get there. And I think the other thing that Amanda and I really enjoyed about riding it when we went, it was a pretty hot summer day. It did like the perfect amount of misting where 
I felt like it was enough water that it cooled us off and I felt good after riding it, but not so much that I was wet the rest of the day. So maybe it was just I got lucky the one time I rode it, but I feel like it was a a good level of water to be exposed to. Yeah, this is one that doesn't get you super wet compared to what we'll talk about in a minute with Thunder River. But again, be careful with your shoes. That's, you know, get into a little bit of the tip section. Like we said, socks are a big thing for me. So make sure that you're watching what, where your feet are. A lot of times those kind of vehicles will get sort of flooded. You know, water will start pulling up where your feet are. So, you know, try to pick your feet up if possible and just watch that. That's always my biggest gripe when it comes to log rides is your feet getting soaking wet. So other tips that I've got just in general for water, water rides, not specifically this one. Like I said, bring extra socks. Don't bring items onto the ride if you can avoid it. If you have anybody that's not riding, leave it with them. Some parks have like lockers that you can rent. I would say definitely do that if you can. And then bag up all your phones and other goodies in Ziploc bags. I think I remember we talked about this a little bit with Splash Mountain last season. This is always something that I like to do. Bring two or three Ziploc bags, take your wallet and your phone and put those in there and you don't have to worry about them. Obviously, you They might slip out of your pocket, (laughs) depending on what like shorts or pants you're wearing. I've had that happen, but they won't get, you know, soaking wet in your pockets. So that's definitely my big water ride tip that I will harp on every time. So first off, come at me if you want to fashionistas, but if you're hitting the theme park and you're not wearing a sleek pair of cargo shorts to keep all your (laughs) goods in, you're not doing the theme parks right. You don't have a bag to get checked when you're going through in line at the front. You got plenty of pocket space for all of your things. And if you get cargo shorts that have zipper pockets or locking zipper pockets, those suckers aren't going anywhere when you're on any of these rides. So that's my first pro tip getting in there. Now, Matthew, from what you said about doing the Ziploc bags, 100% agree with you. I usually keep three Ziploc bags fold it up in the back pocket of my wallet when I'm going to the theme park. Why three, you ask? One is for my phone. One is for my wallet. And the third, you guessed it, I'm taking my socks off and folding them up and putting them in the (laughs) Ziploc bag because I am not walking around with wet socks for the rest of the day and my shoes dry off faster than my socks. So there you go. Call me crazy, but I'm folding those suckers up and putting them in my pocket. See, I'll give you that. I appreciate that. I've never done that. But the thought of me taking my wet feet, putting them into dry socks, that's fine. But then putting my dry socks into wet shoes, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can get on board with that. I'll have to try it, but I don't know if I can. (laughs) So if you want the full details of what I sometimes will do, a lot of times the insoles for my shoes are ones that I can easily remove and wring out. So then if I'm wearing my shoes getting on the ride, I wring out my insoles. That's what's keeping most of the water in in my shoes. And my shoes dry out pretty quick. And then I put the socks on. Okay. All right. (laughs) You know, it's not a seamless process. My socks aren't bone dry when they're getting in the shoes, but it's so much better than being sopping wet. That's true. That is true. All right. Now we are on to our next ride of the day. Thunder River. So Thunder River is an exhilarating river rapids ride with a total length of 1,400 feet. This ride opened all the way back in 1982 and was manufactured by Intamin. Now, I don't know if we've talked about Intamin, 
but I want to stop here. Does that name sound familiar at all to you, Ryan? Does that pique any of your brain and your theme park knowledge? The name sounds familiar. It's not one that we've been talking about forever, but I feel like I've come across that name in my research, but I can't place any other rides to them. I just know I've seen it before. Oh, yeah. So looking through their list, I don't know if there's any that we've covered so far, but you've heard of it because they are a company widely known for their mega and giga coasters, including one that's been on my bucket list for a while, Kingda Ka at Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey, which again, Uh. I've got to take a minute to say, if you don't know what that coaster is, look it up. It is the world's tallest coaster still at 456 feet. And it was previously the world's fastest coaster at 128 miles per hour. Wow. Still the fastest coaster in the United States. So for me, I have to mention it when we bring up Intamin because that is one of my bucket list coasters for sure. It's funny to hear of a coaster going that fast and thinking about there being a point in time in human history where people thought if you went 40 or 50 miles an hour, it would rip off all your skin. So (laughs) can you imagine just going back like 200 years and being like, hey, check this out. This baby gets up to 128. Goodness. They couldn't even count that high back then. (laughs) Oh, no. All right. So going back to Intamin, now we're going into, like I said, when it comes to Thunder River specifically. So Thunder River, the first of its kind that also had the same name, Thunder River, was built in 1980 at Six Flags Astroworld in Texas. So that ride remained open from 1980 to 2005. And then our version, like I said, was opened in 1982, along with another version at Six Flags St. Louis in Eureka, Missouri. So both the St. Louis and Over Georgia are the two current copies of Thunder River that are still open to this day. Interesting. I never really thought about any of the water rides at Six Flags being copy and paste rides. So that's interesting that there's other versions of Thunder River out there. And especially to think that it was like one of the early ones, too. (laughs) It's just like you think about water rides and it's just like, oh, this was one of the first ones, you know, based on the one in Astroworld. So it's very funny and it's still super popular. Those lines, man, can take a while. All right, now we will get to the second and final ride description for the day. Are you ready, Ryan? Hold on, let me fold up my socks and put them in my Ziploc bag. Okay, they're in the cargo shorts. We're ready to go. All right, and here we go. Thunder River is a whitewater river challenge that will cool you off on a hot Georgia day. This is no casual lazy float down the river. You'll strap into your full-scale round river raft and set loose into the raging downstream flow where wildly unpredictable currents will toss you around without warning and treacherous falls will send you shooting over the edge. Very tall cliffs and a woodsy forest of trees surround you on this totally immersive ride. You are swung wildly around rocks into swirling whirlpools and narrowly avoiding raging waterfalls, blasted with water from all directions. As you rush down steep rocky channels, banging into the stone walls, White water waves come crashing over the raft. Swooshing swiftly down the river, you'll definitely get splashed. And if you are unlucky, or lucky, depending on how hot the day is, you might even get completely drenched. White water waves come crashing over the raft as your boat spins and dips down the wild river. With a little luck, the current will spin you around in the nick of time, right before you hit that next patch of rapids. Will you get dunked? 
Just hang on tight and don't plan on staying dry. Blasted with water from all directions, completely drenched. Matthew, I think I'm going to need to bring an extra Ziploc bag for my underwear. This one sounds like a soaker. (laughs) It definitely is. And one thing that I want to call out about this is, you know, talked about Georgia. All of the like use of alliteration in this, it makes it hard to read, but I didn't even realize it's white water waves swooshing swiftly. Well, actually, Matthew, as you'll remember from high school English, alliteration with S's is actually called sibilance. I have never, you're speaking <laughs> not English to me, so we'll take it though. I'll keep that in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff in ride descriptions. I really like especially sibilance. It's uh, sweet sounding to the ear. A little Q for two ASMR. (laughs) Oh, gosh, don't. We're not starting that channel. So let's get back into the ride before we get uh, banned off of all of the podcast platforms. (laughs) So this ride, again, like I said, is a whitewater rapids ride. It is located in, it's sort of confusing, in between where Lick Skillet and also some places have it listed out as under the Scream Punk section. So that is one of the newer sections of the park that I don't think I've really been to since it's been fully built out, including Pandemonium, which is their new ride, which I don't think I've had a chance to ride yet. And I know we're not really covering Pandemonium this season, also just because it's so new, there's not a lot of history to cover. I did get to ride it this last season. I was there. And if y'all are interested in seeing what it's like, we will have a video for Pandemonium going up on the YouTube channel near the end of the season. So check it out if you're interested. Heck yeah, I'm excited to watch that. So if you're wondering, again, where is this ride? Like I said, Lick Skillet, Scream Punk section. We talked about Macho Nacho earlier in the season. It's sort of down the hill from Macho Nacho. The only other place that I want to mention, and I don't know if it's still there, but I remember it to this day. There is a pizza restaurant not far from the entrance to this ride that has the absolute worst image of pizza on the (laughs) side of the building. I don't know if it's still there. It was there when we were last there, you know, when we had our season passes, but it was the most cardboard looking picture of a pizza and it was just their advertisement and it was horrible. I never, we never ate there. At least I never did because it looked so disappointing. What if it was the best pizza? that you could ever have anywhere. And the barrier to entry was if you don't believe looking at the picture. So you maybe you just weren't worthy to have the pizza. That's fine. I'll take that. I'll eat macho nacho all day. Good old macho nacho. That is our go-to in that park for sure. Oh, yeah. So again, with this ride, very similar to the log flume, the log jamboree, kids only have to be taller than 36 inches. So... Again, really good family ride to ride with your kids. But I will say, make sure your kids know that they are going to get wet on this ride. I've seen kids freak out because they did not realize it. That's very funny for some parents, but that can be very traumatic. And your kid can really cause a scene. So make sure that if you've got a young kid and they're wanting to go on this ride, you make sure that they know they very well could get soaked. Now, the vehicle that you're riding in is a raft. It's actually made up of 12 seats in total. It's six sections of two seats. So it is really, it's not bad going with other people. Even if you don't know everybody, it actually makes for some really funny moments or you can laugh at a family of four getting drenched. I've had some really good moments like that. It's also a really, really fun ride if you've got a large group. A lot of times you really can't, if you've got a group of you know eight, nine people, you might not be able to ride all together. 
but this is one that it's really fun. So if you ever have a large group, I would definitely say to try to ride this one because it's really nice to be able to get everybody on one boat and really just have a good time. For sure. Now, again, not a lot of history with this one that I'm finding. Again, it's been there a while. It's still super popular. I don't have any specific stories with this one either. I know that we wrote it. I know you mentioned that earlier. I know we definitely wrote this one. I think it was also a lot more open <laughs> than the Jamboree was than I could ever remember. I agree as well. I think we waited in line a little while, but it wasn't bad. I think we did like 15, 20 minute wait. It wasn't too bad the time that we rode it. Which that makes sense. I know we wouldn't have waited that long for this kind of ride, but right. with that line being that short. Now, I will say this style of ride, I don't remember this one specifically, but this style of ride can be very hit or miss when it comes to water. One time you might not get damp, you know, just a light misting. The next time you will be soaked. So just giving everyone a heads up, do not fool yourself into thinking otherwise. This one is definitely a more of a soaking ride than the Log Jamboree is. And if you ride it once and think, wow, I didn't get that wet. I, I got it lucky. I'll ride it again. Be wary. If you go again, you very well could come out of that ride soaking wet. Don't get too comfortable. Keep your socks in the Ziploc bag. <laughs> again, with this one, pick up your feet. There has sort of the little step up area that you can pick up your feet off of the floor. Beware of the sock soak that we talked about. Also on this one, there are cannons near the end of the ride where people can pay to spray water. Again, that's a classic river rapid ride. So if someone's paying to spray you with extra water, yell at those people. They deserve to be yelled at. So you should not do that. Unless you know the person you're going to spray, don't do that. I hate those people. <laughs> don't those fools know that you can get water for free at the concession stand? Oh, a callback. <laughs> a tip within a tip. <laughs> That's pretty much all we've got today. There's one other ride that I do want to mention that for me was always a big growing up over there, but it's been closed for a while. It's Splash Waterfalls. This ride is over, I'm trying to think the best way to put it. It's below where the children's acne area is, uh, right before you go up the hill toward the carousel. This ride ran from 1986 to 2018. And it was closed and hasn't been, you know, nothing's been going on with that ride since 2018. All it was was just a simple 50 foot drop boat ride, but it was a good time. And the main reason that I want to bring it up, like I said, other than remembering going there as a kid and riding that ride, adding it to the repertoire of water rides, it's actually announced that Six Flags is getting a new ultra surf water coaster that is supposed to be replacing this. Now, I'm seeing different reports. I'm not really sure if this is the exact location that that is going to be. That's how the reports are showing it. I don't know if there's enough room. So they do list it out as the steampunk section of the park. So it's either going to be right here or it's going to be over there near Pandemonium like we talked about a minute ago. So again, I did want to mention this. This was a fun ride growing up. I don't know if you remember ever getting a chance to ride it, Ryan. But then also they are getting a new coaster and it's supposed to be replacing this like section. So Something to look forward to. Yeah, I do not remember ever riding that one. I don't think I ever got the chance to do it. That being said, I am really excited about the new Ultra Surf Coaster. I heard 590 feet, 60 miles per hour going in like a big U shape on like an inner tube. It sounds pretty cool. And they're advertising it as like the first water coaster of its kind. So I would be very interested to see whenever I get the chance to go back to Six Flags Over Georgia after they open in summer of 2024, kind of what that 
experience is actually going to be like because it looks like it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely looks fun. My problem with those kind of coasters is, you know, and maybe I'm misunderstanding it when it has that back and forth style of design, the lines are ridiculous because they can't get cars through there fast enough, you know, unless the ride is only like 30 seconds long. So that's only my biggest gripe with rides like that. I do like when coasters go backwards. Um, and this one seems like it's going to spin like a full 360 degrees as you go up and down. So it looks like a good time, but I have a feeling that line is going to be crazy trying to get everybody through there. That is a fair concern. And I think definitely for the opening summer, I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing two, three hour waits for that coaster. And uh, I don't know that's worth waiting that long, but <laughs> maybe the next summer, give it a shot. For sure. Now, again, that's pretty much all I've got today. But I wanted to end on a note. I think we need to have a debate. Potentially, I'm going to leave it up to you and tell me what's correct. Do you prefer log flume rides or river rapid rides? For me, that's an easy one. I'm a log flume guy. All right. Then we need to debate because I am 100% a river rapids guy. Mm. Yes, you get soaked. But I have had some absolutely fun times on river rapids. So. I'll give you a minute to prepare your argument, and I want you to try to sway me on why log flumes are better than river rapids. So my argument lies in two basic points. The first one is how wet you get on them. So the river rapids rides, I agree with you. Most of the river rapids rides I've ridden before, Thunder River, Kali River Rapids, Animal Kingdom, you get a lot wetter. And I just don't like that in my theme park experience when there's other things to do. That's the kind of thing I want out of a water park, not out of a theme park. So that's a point in the log flume category for me. The other one, and this is by far the most important to me, and I've actually, it's funny that you bring it up because I've spent some time thinking about this before. <laughs> People are going to think this is staged. This was strict. <laughs> I just pushed this on to Ryan. And we're having this debate, so it's not staged. I have thought about this before because, so we have talked about how Six Flags is tends to be more of an amusement park than a theme park. You know, they have theming, but it's just not as heavy as, say, your Disney's. I am a huge sucker for detailed and heavy theming, and I personally feel like you can do more with theming and get more out of theming with a log flume ride than you can with a river rapids ride. And the reason I say that is, you know, I really think about my experiences at Walt Disney World. So your classic log flume at Walt Disney World at the Magic Kingdom is your Splash Mountain, which will soon be Tiana's Bayou Adventure. But thinking about my times riding Splash Mountain, you go at a nice steady pace in the log flume. You get to take in all the animatronics, listen to all the songs. Because you're not having so much splashing around, it allows you to have more detail in your scenery and allows you to have those animatronics because you know you're not going to splash and completely destroy them every week or so. And you can still have the incorporation of big hill drops to get the thrill from it as well. When I think about Kali River Rapids, there is theming, but it's often hard to take it in because your River Rapids thing is spinning around as you go. And so you're not always guaranteed to look in the same direction. And so I feel like Imagineers or developers don't want to put so much theming in the direction that you're looking. So that is my thesis statement. That is why I like log flumes better than River Rapids. Well, I am just 
a small town roller coaster lawyer, but you have just proven my point, good sir. It's funny that you bring up the theming because for me personally, and maybe my memory is just bad, we've proven that time and time again in this court, but I feel like genuinely other than Disney, I feel like the River Rapids rides usually have more of a theming or more stuff to look at than the log flumes. Now, again, that's not all the case. Again, I agree. Splash Mountain, Tiana's Bayou Adventure, much better than the Cali River Rapids when it comes to the theming perspective. But to me, what I like about the theming of those rides is that you're going to see something different every time because you're going to be facing a completely different direction. You're going to hit those rapids completely different. And you're also with a group of people. And like I said, whether you're with a large group of people or whether you're with a small group of people and you're with others that you can just laugh at, I've had a lot of really good times when it comes to myself getting soaked, watching my significant other getting soaked, watching random people. You know, you got grandma across the way with her three grandkids that's just here. Don't realize that it's a water ride. And all of a sudden she's soaked to the bone and it's absolutely hilarious. So yes, you do get wetter, but if I'm going to ride a water ride, get soaked. Let's go. I know I don't like it, but at that point I'm committing to the water ride. If I don't want to get soaked, I'm not getting on the water ride and log flumes. You know, I've been on a lot of bad log flume rides. My friend, there are a lot of really boring log flume rides. I don't know if I can list a single river rapids ride where I didn't have some form of enjoyment. I end my case. Hmm. And I guess I think it kind of sounds like, you know, we both want different things out of them. I think the other thing for me too, if I'm really getting down to brass tacks with it, ultimately, if you have enough theming on a log flume ride and you're going slowly enough through a show building, it's essentially a dark boat ride. And when we're talking about dark boat rides, like, you know, your Pirates of the Caribbean, those tend to be my favorite types of attractions. And so I think since log flumes can kind of intersect with that, I agree with you. There's some bad log flumes out there, but that's nothing wrong with the medium. That's something wrong (laughs) with the artist. Don't get me started. Boat rides is not what I'm talking about. I love living with land and rides like that. They're some of my favorites, but that's not a log flume. Not for me. So don't loop them together. Don't don't put words in my mouth. I don't know, because I mean, living with the land, swap out your vehicle, make it a big old <laughs> log. It's the same ride, but you swap in a spinning inner tube there. All of a sudden, you're trying to see how they grow parsley, but you're looking the other way and there's nothing you can do about it. And guess what? On the other side, you're seeing how they grow catfish and they've got thousands of catfish in a tiny little tank. Because that's something you missed last time. Because now you're looking a completely different direction. Well, if it's a River (laughs) Rapids ride, then yes. But on your log flume, I can use my neck that is a part of my natural body and look anywhere (laughs) I want, 360 degrees, because I'm built just like an owl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like a River Rapids ride, sounds like we are going back around and around in circles. So that is all I've got for today's episode. Ryan, I will let you get us out of here. Well, those cues went faster than expected. We hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new about keeping your socks dry. As always, we'd love to hear your experience with these attractions or any fun facts you have. Feel free to join our Discord server and join the conversation or shout at us on Twitter or Instagram at q for 2 That's at Q-U-E-U-E underscore F-O-R underscore T-W-O. 
Q for Two. You can also drop a comment on our YouTube channel. All of the links can be found in the episode description below. Now, go catch those rides, and we'll see you in the next Q for Two. We have Splashdown!